0: Welcome to TL Squared. Today's Learners Tomorrow Leaders podcast brought to you by the VELE Initiative's Young Emerging Leaders Collective, where we discuss a variety of topical, contemporary and pertinent issues relevant to our experiences.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to TL Squared Podcast, today's learners, tomorrow's leaders. My name is Leonie and I'm going to be your host for today. I am joined with Karina and Aisha. On this episode, we are going to be discussing if we are able to bring our full selves to work. I am going to let the rest of my guests introduce themselves. So please, Aisha, could you introduce yourself?
2: Hi everyone, my name is Aisha Khan. I'm the junior project manager at the UBELE initiative. Um, and I'm also currently studying and doing my master's part time in migration diaspora
1: studies. Thank you. And Karina?
0: Hi everyone, my name is Karina. And I am part of the uh, Yale collective. I also work as a, a um, youth worker. And, yeah, I'm very excited to be here today.
1: Thank you. Like I said, my name is Leoni. I'm currently in academia working on African peace, security and development. So to start off the conversation, I think we have to really get into what exactly does your full self actually mean? So what does it mean to bring your full self to work? What does it actually look like? Um, I will start And for me personally, bringing my full self to work looks like me being comfortable and me not dreading certain aspects when I enter a place physically. So that means whether it's I have a certain food that I'm bringing and I'm just like, oh, I don't want questions by the microwave or if I have a certain hairstyle and I'm like, oh, people are going to ask me so many questions. Um, I think it's just about being comfortable and assured that your everyday or the things that you just do normally are not going to be, you know, interrogated and topic of discussion for that day or the first thing that people want to talk about when they see you. So that's what I guess for me, it looks like, you know, what does it actually mean to bring your full self to work? Aisha, what about you? What does it mean for you to bring your full self to work
2: yeah much like yourself i feel like it means to be able to comfortably bring all aspects of your identity to work without feeling like you'll be judged or questioned or 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 sort of like sniggered at um so yeah i think it just sort of means being able to be comfortable um and 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 you know speak your mind at work question things when you need to um
1: just really to feel comfortable. Mm. I totally agree, Karina. Do you have any other things to add?
0: Um, no, I think um, you already have said what I'm, you know, I'm thinking. But I think it's, um for me the key thing is to be my true self. <laughs> no, like break, like be my true self in. And just don't be oppressed because I feel like if you don't know your true self, you, you feel oppressed. And I feel like if I'm not oppressed I'm trying to be someone else, that, that that is just being me. You know, and bring my true, my full um, self to to work.
1: Mm. So following from that, um recent there has been a recent report by Cornerstone Partners which in general, looks at that same issue. Actually, I don't even know if it's Cornerstone Partners. I'm going to verify that. But there has been a recent report that cited that Black people, Asian people, people of colour feel the least comfortable in bringing themselves to work. However, surprisingly, there are also a percentage of white people who also feel like they can't bring their full selves to work. Now, we do not know their, you know, identity characteristics. They could have been disabled. They could have been LGBTQ. They could have been um, just from a lower socioeconomic background. We don't know that. However, I did find it interesting that there was... Even though less than the other people of colour, a large majority of like still a significant majority of white people or a significant number of white people who also felt they couldn't bring their full selves to work. I did want to also follow up and ask, is it even realistic, honestly, is it realistic to bring your full self to the workplace when the workplace is not the home?
0: I can go first, um, I feel personally, I think that I think no, because <laughs> um, I feel like one thing is your work, um, which yes, I agree that we have to be ourselves and be true and be honest. Um, but also, is, is I think it's the place where you separate, right, home and work. Um, so I don't feel like it is, you know, like the same to be, you know, or bring you, you 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 full self to to work.
1: Thank you, Karina, and um, Aisha. Would you like to jump in on that? I and I definitely get what Karina is
2: saying about you know the difference between the workspace and, the, and and home and home life. But I do think there there are ways where you could feel. You, that you could definitely um, feel more comfortable and be more yourself at work. Um, I also think like we're talking about how we, you know, if we, I think some of the questions, like you know, the questions you're asking are sort of putting the onus of us as people and how we can, how we, um, if we can really bring ourselves to work. But I think there needs to be more for like the responsibility on workplaces and how they make feel, people feel like in, um, like included uh, and just one example that I can think of is like, um, so like I'm Muslim, um, and I don't drink and I don't really, um, go to pubs, um, and so like with with like where I work, we don't really tend to. I know there's like in especially in the UK and in London, like there's a big culture of like going for drinks after work, um, and I don't I don't go to pubs and I don't drink, so whenever we do go out, it's usually a restaurant or like. Or, you know, if, if, if people want to drink, maybe there'll be a bar at the restaurant. But there's always that option. And I think that's really nice. It's one way that my workplace sort of makes me feel more, is more inclusive to my needs. Um, so I definitely think there's, there's, there's a conversation to be had about how different work cultures can, you know, help to, to bring, like, you know, to be more inclusive and make people feel more comfortable
1: to bring, them, to bring their full selves to work true that it is the onus is on workplaces to be more um inclusive and be more welcoming and I do think it's great that your workplace does you know find alternative activities because you're right drinking culture is such a big thing and when I was working in the private sector I I didn't drink that much but I didn't enjoy like going to drinks like after work because it's like I've been with you the whole day and now I should take my own money and go and sit in a pub with you and we're not even cool like that because of optics. Yeah, wasn't really having it. But in regards to the question about can you even, is it even feasible to bring your full self to work? Um, I feel like my mind is slowly changing as I grow older and experience more workplaces because it's like yes you want to be comfortable but at the same time the workplace is always going to be the workplace like it's not home my friends are not there um there's always a level of performativity when you're at the workplace there is always a level of like you know I have to speak to people I don't want to speak to because if I don't they won't say I'm they'll say I'm not a team player you know I have to present myself in a different way however I do think that a lot of the ways in which we perform professionalism is rooted in white supremacy (laughs) is that a conversation for a different day (laughs) because I can be professional but somebody's idea of professional might include me not having my natural hair in an afro it may include me making tea offering to make tea for people i don't want to make tea for people (laughs) um so there are kind of like some unspoken rules in the workplace which i do feel disadvantages i would say like people of color people from different um, religions people from different backgrounds because they want you to fit into this certain ideal I guess my next question is so how do you think workplaces can be more inclusive I know Aisha you've already spoken about how your workplace provides different activities which is one aspect but is there any other thing you think a workplace can actually do to be more inclusive to people from different backgrounds
2: I think representation is key. Um, so, like, I just, I just think you know, having um, so if if organisation is like a, if it's a social enterprise, having a board, or if it's a, a charity, maybe like a, like the the trustees. I mean, you have a board of directors or a board of trustees, but making that re- that representative of the, the 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 people that you're working with. I mean, I just am talking from a very community background because I do work for a community organization but um you know making sure that you have like you know younger people on the board or like you know a mix a mixture of ages a mixture of like genders a mixture of um sort of ethnicities um I think that's really important um I also think like having space to discuss things that are important to to, like different members of staff like having a culture of, of like, you know, an open space to, or a forum to, you know, be able to speak about these things. Um, one of the conversations we were having in our workplace recently was about how, like, some people felt that some of the causes that were being kind of um, highlighted throughout our organization, um, uh, like, you know, we, we definitely like, you know, vocal uh, are very vocal about some causes, but then other causes not so vocal. So it was a conversation we were sort of having about how we, choose what causes we kind of support or or how we like make it a bit more fair um but it was good that we were able to have like a forum where we were actually able to like voice our concerns or our opinions um so yeah definitely definitely like you know a space for like open
1: dialogue um a space that like a non-judgmental space um mm. Thank you for sharing those things, Aisha. And yeah, I think it does depend on what sector and industry you're in. And I would assume, but I have been proven wrong, but I would assume that, let's say, like the voluntary sector, charity, social enterprise sector would be a lot more inclusive. However, there's been reports from several organisations that it's not. Um, But it's good that your workplace even allows you to feel comfortable to bring up issues when you don't feel properly represented and that they do hold space for conversations about, okay, so what can we do to be more inclusive of certain causes and certain issues, um, which is a step in the right direction. Karina, do you have anything to offer about how workplaces can be more inclusive?
0: Yeah, I think also um, we could, or places could, have events. um, You know, I agree with Aisha when she said, like, have conversations, but also like events where we actually are intentional in bringing that um, inclusivity, um, whether it's just, you know, bringing everyone um, a traditional food from their countries or um or just bringing you know maybe just um storytelling about things from you know the cultures like I feel being intentional like events um or gatherings that um are, you know that want to bring people together and get to know you know other cultures I think in that way you know organizations can be more um inclusive um yeah, I think, and everything else that really, Asha, you mentioned, like, um, you know, bringing people together and hearing what, um, you know, they they, they they want, like, having people in different, from different backgrounds in organisations and, and teams, I think, are very important. Representation, that's the word, um, are very important.
1: OK, thank you for those suggestions when I think about the topic of representation I am very I'd say two ways about it because it's very easy for representation to be tokenistic in the workplace meaning that they put you there as like a spectacle that oh look at this one person they represent all diversity you know and representation doesn't Necessarily lead to inclusion, you know, all because there's somebody who looks like you, it doesn't mean that it will automatically be an inclusive space either because the person isn't actually in charge of inclusivity or the person just wants to do their job and they're just there. But at the same time, it's also comforting and assuring I know it is seeing somebody who looks like me in a higher position because I'm like okay if they made it I can make it too but then when it's only one as in like just one person it then makes it feel like uh so what are the chances of another one actually making it so when it comes to representation I am like in two minds about that but anyways on the topic of what workplaces can do to be even more inclusive is to give decision making powers to the people they are trying to include a lot too many workplaces are very comfortable in doing listening exercises you know and listening exercises usually put the onus on the individual to retell their trauma or their bad experiences, and then they'll be like, well, "That Well, I'm so sorry that happened, you know, we'll try and do better next time. And they will present it that we're in dialogue with this community, we're engaging in conversation, we're having meaningful steps forward towards an inclusive workplace. But there's, like, no decision-making powers with the people who are actually affected. So what does that mean? I think it means hiring people who specifically work in inclusion and do have the power to actually make changes, but they need the full backing and participation of people at the top, and at least managers, because people can come up with such great suggestions, but if it's not implemented or backed by senior leadership, then what is the actual point? So as we've like, spoken about inclusion and what we think companies can do better, do you have any examples of times when you didn't feel included? And if there was any follow-up afterwards? Okay, Aisha? Sorry,
2: sorry Leonie, can I just go back to your point about um, uh, you, you just spoke about how how we, you know, what authentic um, inclusion looks like. Um, and it just reminded me that I, I, we actually had a conversation about this at our last, our last staff meeting. And one of the, the questions our director posed, well, we have the, sort of a space now where we kind of discuss different issues and, um, and things. And, but one of the questions that one of the directors posed to us was about how, um, how power can be given in our organization um and what that looks like and and something that i spoke about i thought which is very similar to what you just said was that i don't think power can be given um especially if it's somebody from the top i don't cuz they'll always have the ultimate power in the end but definitely agency um and like you you spoke about decision making and you know having the agency to do these things making decisions about different things um i think if organizations gave people more agency i think it would definitely be more inclusive Um, so yeah I just wanted to say that um, before we move on to the next um, point
1: yeah no thank you so much for interjecting and adding that it makes do you know what is it's a tricky one it's it's a tricky one because um, power and agency are interlinked Um, to have agency means you have some sort of power over yourself your actions and what can actually be done in the organization but to have like full control power maybe it's your position or maybe it's your role that doesn't allow you to have as much power and influence over the rest of the organization but yeah there's a really pertinent thoughts thank you with the previous point around do you have any examples of Times when you didn't feel included, and what happened? I'm gonna go first because I have multiple examples. (laughs) Um, when I was working in advertising, it's interesting because I thought advertising would be like so diverse, mainly because I felt like adverts were getting a lot more diverse, as in, you know, you're seeing Muslim families, you're seeing black families, you're seeing mixed race families. I was like, okay, like. Advertising seems to be, like, diverse. However, (laughs) this is the issue of representation. All because the people in the ads are diverse, the people behind them, the people in the background are not. (laughs) And I was in teams where I was the only Black person, the only ethnic person, like, yeah, which was shocking to me because I really thought that it would be diverse. But anyways, one of the things that happened was um, in this company I worked for, there was like a, a group for the ethnic for the ethnics. <laughs> it was called Roots. And one time, for some reason, the only people that turned up to this to that meeting were black people. So there was like five black people sitting in the office in in an office space and in these big companies all of the office spaces are glass so you can always see who's in a room so there was like five black people you know we're having a meeting we think nothing of it because it's like oh yeah so-and-so couldn't turn up so-and-so couldn't turn up whatever and then at the end of the meeting (laughs) this one of my uh, managers walks past and he was like oh so what were you guys speaking about in there then and we were just like it's it's, it was really awkward because it's like you know he was only asking because he literally saw five black people in a room and obviously he knows like we're not in the same like team together but nobody would ever ask that if there was five white people in the meeting room which was constantly happening five white people ten white people fifteen white people no one ever asks like what are you guys plotting what's happening in there And what happened after is I felt disempowered. I felt really awkward. And I didn't really know what to say to that. And because he was not just, like, my manager, but, like, my manager's manager, it's like, who do you even, quote-unquote, report it to? It's not really... It's not really something you report. And I feel like unless you were in a group of minorities in whatever sense you don't really see it as a big deal it doesn't really sound a big deal unless you get it and I think that's part of the issue with like inclusion that there's so many nuances within groups that if you're retelling it to somebody who is not part of said group they don't really understand why you feel a type of way and obviously it's not like it warrants a warning or disciplinary work. Like it was literally like off the cuff question. But the fact that it's like, who will understand? Nothing could be done. And I know it wasn't done with malice, which is the most trickiest thing because you don't want to, you don't want to respond to Genuine ignorance with like malice because then it kind of ruins workplace relationships. So, yeah, that was just a time when I literally didn't feel included because something that a, situ- a situation which was actually quite affirming, as in being in this group at work and having this community who understands your problems, and then like literally stepping out and being reminded that people are always watching you and think that when two or more black people are gathered together, it's, it's, it's a problem.
0: I have one. Um, so, um, as I said, I'm a youth uh, worker, so I work with young people. And what I have experienced in my previous job is that, um, you've been told to do something um, because you're on the ground, um, And you know what, you know, you know what is happening with the young people. What are their needs? Um, And I always been receiving um, instructions. Oh, we have created these projects for the young people. um, And now you have to deliver the project. And I'm like, but that's not what the young people need. And you haven't asked them. Oh, yes, we did a quick um, survey, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but this is not enough like i what i normally do i love to do is just um you know bring the young people have a session with them and ask them like uh we we think this uh what uh, what do you think and then from there we create something but i have been in those situations where people you know my managers or the project managers have said oh we think this that the young people need that or um or this uh, we had this opportunity to create this because we have the funding and we we're going to do this and and now you have to deliver and i'm like but that's is not what my young people want and they you know it's not the the need or we we doing a trip or we are doing um a you know like summer camp um and they didn't ask whether the young, and some of these things the young people have to pay um and it's like and, and like especially this summer just a pl- one of the places they are doing a summer camp um and it is very expensive but i work with the young people and i know that they even can pay 5 pounds for you know drinks how are you going to pay 100 pounds for a um you know ticket for for a summer camp um so I feel like when I heard that, oh, we have decided this, uh, we are doing this, and and then I feel like, okay, you have decided that, you didn't ask me, I'm the one who's working on the ground. I just feel very disempowered. Dis- 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 um, and I feel like um, it's just, you know, what is my, I feel like what is my role? Sometimes it made me doubt whether, makes me just think or doubt whether, you know, kind of, you know, what I'm doing in this this place because if I'm someone who believe and want to bring uh, and and take the you know the opinion and ask the young people, um, and I have had that been in that situation where I've been asked, oh do this, let's do this, um, consultation, uh, to do you know a a project, and then I have done all of that and then nothing happened. <laughs> Uh, at the end. Um, and that's very frustrating. So um, and very I think for me very disempowering because um, I don't have the power to change that. If I could I would just change and, and do differently but I don't have the power to change that. And yet mainly white kind of the white people of you know they they are the people who are in top. Um and I just feel like I just can't do much m- more than say my feedback. Um about you know what I think, or you know what I think the young people need. But yeah, and I think yeah, when we talk about bringing you know even as a youth worker, bring my opinion and say like what do you think? It, it has been um, a few times that I didn't have that, but it's just yeah, you know follow, follow instructions. Mm.
1: Yeah, that really is unfortunate, especially when you are. Working with a group of people who actually are affected by the decisions at the top, yeah, it's not great when you're not listened to, especially when you know the group and you know what they need, you know what they require, and they're just refusing to listen to you at the top because now it very much impacts the lives of those young people who you're working with. That is really frustrating. Aisha, do you have any examples? Um, yeah, I, I have an example of a, a, an
2: instance at a previous workplace um, where I think it was the Paris attack um, and they wanted to, they were like, um, they wanted to uh, release a statement and they were releasing a statement um, and then soon after there was some uh, a tragedy somewhere else in the world. I think it was, I think it was Indonesia, and then I think Lebanon. Um, but there was nothing there, and I just kind of felt like it was selective compassion, um, and I it just didn't really sit well with me. Um, and and when I raised it, it was almost like it was because it was it was kind of like insinuated that because I'm Muslim, I'm saying this because there's Muslim countries, but. I just I and and that just kind of um, um, made me feel really uncomfortable and like I was like it's not just because it's Muslim countries but why do we it just <clears throat> to me it seemed like the way they the the way there was their compassion was really selective and and it just it was like the the darker the pigment in your skin the less your life mattered because every time there would be uh, there would be things happening in other parts of the world it would there would be nothing from them. Like radio silence, but then when it was like you know Western countries or or it would, they would they it, it would be like you know big massive like blessings of like um, uh, condolence and like you know these big you know very big um, gestures. Um, yeah, I think so that that kind of made me feel not very included, um, and especially because they felt like it
1: was because I was Muslim and I was saying this.
2: Yeah yeah I think that that was probably like the worst that I felt
1: and just a follow-up question on that do you how did you bring that up did you feel comfortable enough to bring it up and did anything happen afterwards like after that conversation or after those comments
2: I I I just kind of brought it up because I think I was so like there was other instances that kind of were building up and then I was felt like this was kind of like the last straw um, and I built i I brought it up and then it was like hmm yeah no hmm and it was like a lot like the board was I actually was the only um, like person of color in the organization at that time um and it just was like it just got really awkward because everybody else was white and um they were like oh they were, I felt like they were kind of like treading on eggshells around me afterwards like okay like you know is this is this yeah it was a bit weird and to be like I left soon after um because it just wasn't a very comfortable environment um but I just said what I had to say because um I'm not really one to keep quiet and and I had just had enough.
1: You know what it's unfortunate that you had to leave and I feel that too many Companies, organisations lose good people just because of silence, by being silent, because literally it's the bare minimum to speak up on someone's behalf, even if it's performative or even if, you know, it's just a safe face. Like, speaking up at least in support of your employees is literally the bare minimum. And more companies, organisations need to be doing that they need to be hey guys, we agree, we disagree or we support and that alone can make a difference in how people feel and how people behave because they know that they're not going to be chastised or negatively impacted or ostracised because you know of their background or an opinion that they have so to round off you know the whole conversation about inclusion and representation and workplaces and stuff I just wanted to ask so do you, what advice do you have for people who are in a workplace or in a situation that's not inclusive what would you suggest that they do?
2: Sometimes like, you know, speaking to some of your colleagues who, you know, seeing what they think and if they have similar, like, you know, views as you and they, they don't feel included, like, you know, um, bringing it up. Um, but then I also understand that, like, you know, not everybody's able to, to you know, bring things up. Like, it's not that, you know, they might fear losing their jobs. So really to weigh out the pros and cons, I mean... I currently work in like an African diaspora diaspora-led organisation, um, and, and which is pretty inclusive, um, and I and I feel like that's like a privilege. Like, like from an example, from like earlier this year, in January, sadly, I lost a few members of my family to COVID, and the organisation I was I'm working for was very supportive um, and really sort of um, really understanding of the way, like you know the grieving process in my religion and culture and, and and we're just generally really supportive but and i need and i was very comfortable saying okay, hey, i need this this is what i need and you know they, they were very supportive but i know other organized organizations might not be and if they people do start you know bringing things up it might it might not like end well for them so i don't know if i have a look like i don't know if my avi- advice is sound i don't know if it's the right advice but i would definitely say um you know speaking to colleagues seeing you know you know if other people feel the same because more time more like not most of the time like see, your your colleagues might feel the same and like just having that reassurance that there's other people kind of thinking the same thing as me and then bringing it up together because um, then you know it's not like just it doesn't seem like it's just like an individual issue like it is a collective issue um uh bringing that up like in in that way if, if that kind of sort of makes sense yeah.
1: Do you know what? It very much does depend on the workplace that you are at, but it is always good to have allies and support and especially with your colleagues who you can share with or at least have support you if you do need to bring it up to people above you. Uh, Karina, do you have any advice and things that you would give to people who are finding themselves in a workplace that is not inclusive?
0: Yeah, I think um, it's important to talk, knowing um, a form of complaint and saying, you know, I haven't, you know, we don't have this and that, but it's just coming from a place of, um, I feel this or I think this. Uh, because then you are not attacking, because I feel when you come and just complain or you just mention something about, we don't have this, uh, people feel like, oh, we are not doing a good job or as the managers or directors of the company, whatever, we are not doing a good job. That's why you are, you know, kind of complaining that we don't have this or that we are not inclusive. But I think like... Um, you know, just brave, be brave to talk and say, you know, I think or I feel or I, I have observed um, this um, in a team or in the organisation and I just would like to chat and, and see how can we improve and also just if you can um, put yourself, you know, in the front and say, well, I could do this if I'm allowed, of course, to, to just suggest us to do something to, um you know, bring be you know, bring that inclusivity, even when it's no, I know it's not our job, <laughs> is no it I feel like someone will say, you know, it that you needs to come from the top or from the managers or from you know or from the leadership. But I, I feel like sometimes we need to bring that um, if we want to see the, the change. Um yeah, just, I would say that, like, just have a chat um, and just come from a place of I feel I have observed or I think so people don't feel like you're attacking when you are asking for something. Um, and um, I think also to um, just... As you said, um, I think it was Leonie, or no, Aisha, you said, um, talk to people around, not maybe your colleagues, but people that, um, you know, your friends who also work. Maybe, I think this happened uh, mainly in big companies. I have a friend, um, and, and we talk about this always. Like, she's the only one, a uh, black um, person in the um in the organization is in a big organization and we were talking how like she just feel like scared to talk about the things that she she observed in the place and and how she feels how she feel feel about that um but yeah we, we she she like she we have the conversation last week yeah, a conversation and she was like oh i have the the you know i was brave and i spoke to my manager i was scared and i told her about how i was feeling uh, being just the only one person black person in this organization and she thought i were you know the the conversation will be you know you know the worst conversation but they understand and they say like we will do something but hopefully they will do but um but yeah I think it's you know have that that, the step to just um have a conversation and don't be afraid to just be be yourself um I think yeah just I will say I will say that um and I will advise that um yeah I don't know else to to advise because also I've been working in in charities mainly and yeah they kind of tend to do something or show that we are inclusive um mm.
1: no thank you so much Karina for those for those last reflections and honestly unfortunately it is not the job of the quote unquote oppressed to like show how they are worthy for the oppressor but the way that the workplace works, it's like if you do not take action, then it's likely that nothing else will change because unfortunately so many people don't see it as a pressing enough problem to actually make that change unless they are, unless it's brought to the attention by people, whether it may be those groups, those individuals or even allies. Um, I think for me, final thoughts, comments and reflections on that is You, both of you have said, to be honest, everything I would suggest. So I guess I would add is to find groups outside of work who understand, who, you know, you can share with and who can support. Because I do understand that some people are working in very undiverse and very non-inclusive workplaces. And maybe they don't have a network at work or they don't have, you know, colleagues who get it. And nowadays, there are actually quite a few groups outside of work where people have come together and they're like, hi, we are, you know, let's say like, oh, we are black women in tech or we are Muslim women in finance or we're black men in engineering. You know, there are so many of these groups nowadays that offer support that offer feedback but also give advice on to like how you can move forward in a workplace because they have experienced it and you know they know what is actually happening in that work well in that industry and that sector as well so I would always suggest looking out for those kinds of groups and if you can't find one for your industry or for your background you can make it I'm sure you're not the only person um, who is going through certain things or who identifies from a certain background in a certain industry. So, yes, that is it from us. Thank you so much to the guests for this month's episode, Aisha and Karina. I hope this conversation has been enlightening and interesting. This is tl squared today's learners tomorrow's leaders do make sure to follow us at yel collective on both instagram and twitter to keep updated with us when we have events newsletters and new podcast episodes and everything else and we hope to see you next time thank you once again